Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Valley Transportation. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransinc.com for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. This podcast is also brought to you by AgDirect. No matter how you buy your ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Sean Hackett. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Axon is giving away a free pocket knife. If you're interested in that, go to marketing at axontire.com and they will send one to you. Just give them your details. Tell them the Moving Iron Podcast sent you and email them at marketing at axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all of your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And finally, no matter how you buy your ag equipment at a dealer, an auction, or a private party, Ag Direct can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Sean Hackett is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida, and he is nice enough to come in a couple times a week to talk about what's going on. So, Sean, how are you doing this morning, man? I'm doing great, Casey. Doing really good. Really I'm, good. I'm breathless with you being on here today, dude. <laughs> I can't, can't catch my breath. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of well, crazy. Well, I heard there's a new uh, strain of the virus and it comes through on Zoom. Is that right? Okay, well, I'm, yeah. I probably have that then. It's it's the Zoomicon. So. Yeah, I, I'll, uh, I'll look forward to getting my, my COVID test to see if that works or not. <laughs> All right. Well, a lot of crazy stuff overnight. Uh, yesterday, especially, you know, you've, we've talked about volatility here on uh, for, since this uh, Ukraine Russia thing happened. And, man, I tell you what, yesterday was no lack of volatility especially when you start looking at hard red winter wheat um i think by my just brief looking at what happened and kind of seeing my alerts there's about a about a 75 cent swing i think from from the low to the high yesterday um just all over the place and, and like we talked about when we got when we got started here that every little news item popping up is, is driving those prices around yeah, I mean, the history is that when you get these shocks, uh, stories, or these events like this, they tend to place a top for a while, meaning you pump up the bullish sentiment so extreme, we're not going to have any supply to Ukraine. It's never, they're, they're never going to grow anymore. We'd ever again, you know what I mean? We right. trade yeah. that sentiment. Now, I don't know what the long-term implications are, by the way. I'm just saying that when you trade that fear, Casey, put a top in for a while. That means that you can look on a map over the years of tops and bottoms, and they tend to be event-driven. The virus in 2020 
printing the low in commodities and a lot of ag markets. So it just seems to me that this kind of gyration, you know, wheat prices are very, very high right now. No one knows how this is going to turn out, but most likely it's going to turn out better than the Armageddonish fear that was originally traded in the wheat market. At least it, it's going to appear to get better for a little while. And that means that I just I think in general, grains are going to be under correction here into April. We have a planning attention report coming out. Cannot imagine they're not going to say we're going to plant more acres of just about everything. So, um, you know, uh, South American weather has been bearish all along. I mean, the market is, is ignored. The good rains in Argentina, they ignored the good growing conditions in Mato Grasso for second crop corn. But now all of a sudden, I'm starting to hear people talking about, boy, you know, the weather's been pretty good down there. So, once again, it's just really hard to see, you know, how we're not going to have a correction here in grain markets heading into April. By the way, a traditional time to be bearish. Right. You know, oh, you know, we have a record crop. It's going to be the biggest crop we've ever had uh, of all time. You know, we always start the season optimistically that, you know, we're just going to you know have the best crop ever, and maybe we will this year. I'm just saying that you know you look at crude oil, 130 down to 95. Right. You know, it, it's just the market is having a post-Russian invasion hangover, and quite frankly, we're in a kind of a mini crash in commodities right now. Right. Across the board today, it's red everywhere. Right. So, just be careful. You know, if you're a farmer and you haven't sold yet, why not? Why haven't you made some sales yet? What are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this, you know, I, I think at least the last couple of programs on your show. What are you waiting for? Don't take risk with cash on the farm. Take risk with on paper. That has been a big policy shift for us in that, you know, sure, can we have $10 corn if we have a weather problem? Can we have $12 corn? We could, but I'd rather speculate on that on paper, not my cash grain at this point right that's a good point i mean there's there's a lot of a lot of opportunities for folks to sell uh some almost eight dollar wheat and a lot of depending on what basis contract looks like and those kind of things there's some real opportunities there for guys to get really close to that eight dollar mark on corn you know you're looking at 11 and a half you know to 11 dollars for sure on, on wheat and those kind of things so it's just there were some really 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 good opportunities to be very profitable so it kind of goes back to that that marketing plan and what you're doing there. So, um, as you take a look at what's going on in, um, so you hit on Brazil right now. So Brazil, it really had a good bounce back from where it was when when you start looking at, you know, moisture and those kind of things. They're off to a good start for the second crop corn and what that looks like. So I guess your thoughts there leading into our planting season. We put a podcast out yesterday for our subscribers, Casey, and we went over why we think we're going to have a better finish for South America than last year. Most of the consensus are saying drought's going to continue there because La Nina is still there and they're just repeating what happened last year, but no two years are the same. This is a second year La Nina that is rapidly dissipating. What we highlighted yesterday is that the eastern central Pacific sea surface temperatures have warmed dramatically. In fact, we're almost in El Nino territory in the eastern central Pacific. La Ninas don't die from the center. They die from the east warming going west. And so this dramatic, dramatic change in the eastern central Pacific sea surface temperatures is telling you that 
La Nina is on thin ice, that it's rapidly depleting, that it's going to rapidly go away. The solar cycle already tells us it can't last past spring. And that actually, is, while it's still in place, while we still have cooler than normal sea surface temperatures in the central Pacific, it's a La Nina Modokai now. And the La Nina Modokai now changes the La Nina impact to South America, where now you're having what they call a double-barreled walker cycle, where the cold air sinks in the center, and then the cold air goes to the west and to the east, pumping moisture. Now, providing more weather uh, rain chances into the South America, and it's actually going to provide more uh, moisture potential for the U.S., as well, and so that is, is is something that is a big change, and and we're not going to see this repeat uh, drought cycle like we had been predicting last year. This year, we don't think this is the year uh, that that's going to emulate that. In fact, we actually think we're going to have a strong finish, um, and and that's going to continue to put some pressure on grain markets. As you know, we we price such a bullish trade on the historic drought in southern Brazil and the soybeans. Um, and we were trading what we thought was going to be an historic drought in Argentina. And it looks to us like Argentina is <laughs> going to be much better than that. And we're going to have a very good second crop, corn crop, especially from last year. So all of these factors have been ignored. But the more we move away from the Russian invasion, the more that ultimately weather trumps all else. So, yep. All right. One of the things I've been paying attention to um, quite a bit here is is how what China's been doing this whole time frame, and they're they're really playing both sides. If you really look at, it. I mean, Russia's reaching out to them for for help uh, economically and militarily for the Ukraine thing, and then you know we're sitting talking with them as well. Um, I guess as you look at that, what's your what's your reaction to that? I don't think I don't think China trusts us. I don't think China trusts Russia. I don't think we trust China. I don't think Russia trusts us. I don't think Russia trusts China. Okay, but I would do what I do think is we don't want to be an aggressor in Ukraine because we believe I think we believe that Putin is going to fire nuclear weapons. We I think that the U.S. is convinced he will do that if we do something aggressive. We don't want that. Right. So, and I believe that the Chinese believe that they can't get from Russia all the food that they need, and I don't think they can get all the oil that they need, energy that they need. Mm -hmm. They need us and other players to be involved. And so, I think it's in their best interest to be as friendly as possible with Russia, and as friendly as possible with us to keep the flow of supplies going to them, but not be so friendly that you alienate the other against the other. Right. It's really a heck of a chess match. I view it as, you know, that, that uh, what's that movie, Reservoir Dogs, if anyone's oh, seen yeah. that movie, where you yeah. have, everyone has a gun pointed at each other. Right. And, you know, and, and, and all it takes is one person to, you know, and I think that's where we're at. As long as everyone is loaded but hasn't pulled the trigger, we're all going to try to work together. We just hope someone doesn't pull that trigger and, and begin a cascade of events. Yeah. This is this is what we're dealing with. And I think um, China it plays right now China we I think we're viewing China as look right now we're trying to also avoid China going into Taiwan, right? We right. We, we, we just 
I don't think the United States is prepared for a major military conflict at this moment in time. I think we don't, you know, we just pulled out of Afghanistan. The country's will for a war is not in place. We've had a lot of problems with our military, with these vaccine mandates and losing a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong or indifferent. I'm just saying there's been a lot of issues. We've, our, our military, in my view, has, has been weakened considerably um, due to the virus and everything else. And as such, I just don't think right now that we are up for And by the way, we just spent $10 trillion. The country's right. just spent $10 trillion to try to get ourselves out of this COVID mess that we got ourselves into in terms of the lockdowns and everything else. So a war is very expensive, very expensive. If you're going to go into a full-blown on-the-ground war and tanks and guns and bombs, I mean, you know, I don't think the appetite is there in an election year to spend trillion more dollars on a war. So, yeah. so, so when I look at all this, and by the way, I'm, this is just me thinking, as anyone would think, and you have your own thoughts, but I'm not thinking, I just think, I don't think we will have any interest in trying to escalate this to a war, which I think we're trying to do everything we can to not do it. Right. Um, and so that's why China is playing a role, because I think we feel they are friendlier <laughs> to Russia than we are. Maybe they can work out some truce where we take our fingers off the gun barrel for a little while, a ceasefire, whatever you want to call it, but some impasse that kicks the can down the road until, you know, maybe we can figure out how to move forward from this. But right now we're trying to de-escalate emotions, which have been running high, yeah, as you know. They absolutely have been. And it's interesting uh, to watch the articles. And, you know, you read these articles on all these different things and you don't know, you can't really make hide, hide or hair of, of what um, what's being said there because you don't know the influence behind it. But it's very... Uh, if China wanted to be a uh, an influencer in the world, they're they're getting their opportunity right now, for sure. All right, let's jump down and talk about what's going on over in the uh, protein complex. If you take a look at what's happening with uh, pork, um, looks like the USDA has just approved uh, faster line speeds at three different plants, so that's going to help get more stuff pushed through. Your thoughts there and how that's going to affect the overall hog market. Remember. Uh, do you hear anything more about? Have you, do you hear any more? Th- anything else about the virus? No, I haven't. Have you heard Fossey speak lately? Uh, no, I have not. No. So somehow, the 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 narrative is now changed from the virus is the number one issue that we need to take to take care of to now the Ukraine war is. And so now things that should have been done maybe earlier than this in terms of opening up our logistical system, doing some things like you just said, speeding up production lines and such, are now starting to happen. It's a positive thing. Um, it's, it's too bad it took a Russian um, altercation to allow for that to happen, but I do think we're going to start making some changes in how we go about things because we do need to get our act together as you i'm sure are aware of casey in terms of our uh logistical food delivery system and uh, allow for a more efficient system to start to reinvigorate again um and so uh right now the livestock sector is involved in a which 
which one, uh, what, what came first, the chicken or the egg? What's worse, demand destruction potential that everyone's worried about or the lack of supply that everyone's worried about? So it's a, it's a true battle between supply and demand. Right now, the market has been more worried about demand problems, and that's why they've been hitting the hog market and hitting the cattle market, although cattle had a very strong rally yesterday on some, uh, for the first time in a while. Um, we believe, I believe, ultimately, the supply constraint issues, Casey, will outweigh the demand destructive worries in the end, and that means I believe we're going to have higher cattle and hog prices as we move into the summer to the fall. Ultimately, I believe that will win out, but it's going to be a little bit of a battle here over the spring until we kind of alleviate some of these demand side fears. We have a Fed meeting coming out tomorrow. Everyone is speculating. What are they going to say? What are they going to do? You know, a lot of fear out there. Um, but I do believe ultimately the, the, the animal prices are going to move higher. Right. Okay. Right on. Yeah, that's, that's, you're seeing that right now too, especially with the price of oil coming down. You know, you saw some reaction the other day. Uh, well, the last couple of days in um, in in the beef uh, marketplace. Talk about that a little bit. We see happening there. Well, look, you know, uh, energy impacts everybody. Right. Everybody, everybody is impacted by energy prices in such way, such, you know, some shape, way, or form. So, when you jack up energy prices to the extent that we did in a very short period of time. Um, you know, that's a shock. That's called a demand shock, or, you know, to the system, a price shock. Um, and when you do the same thing to a wheat price, which is, you know, one of the top two ag food items in the world that are consumed by people to feed their families and survive, um, it, 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 is a, it, is a, it is a pullback factor. It takes everyone to reassess their budgets and say, we're going we're gonna to take that budget and we're going to bring it down. We're going, to, we're going to buy less clothes. We're going to not go on vacation this year. We're not going to go on that drive across the country we were expecting to do. But we are going to feed our families, right? We mm -hmm. are going to find a way to, to keep that budget available for the food that we can afford. And beef is a high-priced item. It doesn't mean they won't eat it. Uh, but they'll eat less of the higher-end stuff, and they'll eat more of the, of the hamburger stuff that's cheaper. But, you know, definitely, you know, they're going to go out to the steakhouse maybe a little bit less. So, so all that is what the fear part of it, Casey, is all about and why when you looked at the energy price take off, the cattle price just crashed. Then all of a sudden we get this crash in the energy price and now we had this almost limit update yesterday in the cattle market. So yeah, it's very, very important. And the hog market, not as important, meaning the pork price is not as high priced item. It still matters, just not as much, but even that has been impacted and, and gone through somewhat of a rope-a-dope based upon the worry that people were going to withdraw from eating as much meat protein. So, yeah, I mean, energy prices are very important. I hope they stay down under 100. I think under 100, we can make things work. You get up to 130, 150, 200 that many were talking about. I mean, that's just, that's not going to work. Right. It's not going to work. Yep. Well, all right, Sean. Hey, good stuff as usual. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing at Hackett Financial. What's the best way to do that? Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We have a lot of information on there about our weather algorithm, our smart money algorithm, how we go about forecasting markets to see if what we do might you know, be of value to your listeners. Right on. Well, Sean, I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Thanks, Casey. It's a 
crazy time to be uh, talking ag, but uh, I think we're going to be busy all year long uh, trying to figure out exactly how this is all going to play out. Yep, I agree. I am Casey Seaman with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, I have a LinkedIn page as well, so check that out. Uh, go to movingironllc.com for everything Moving Iron related. You can find the entire library of the Moving Iron Podcast, all the blogs I've written, as well as all the information for the upcoming Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. That is September 6th, 7th, and 8th. If you want some more information about that, uh, send me an email at movingironinfo. Um, Sorry, movingiron.summit at movingironllc.com. Send that to me and I will get you more information or you just uh, peruse all the speakers and whatnot that are on the website there. Sean's going to be there. He's going to be talking about uh, some cool stuff when it comes to switching from La Nina to El Nino and what that looks like. So that'll be a, that'll be a good talk, Sean. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I am looking forward to it. It's a big change in the weather. We're also going to be talking about... Uh, a dramatic cooling in the North Atlantic, which hasn't happened since 1962, um, which also is going to be a very different weather scenario pattern when meshed with the El Nino that's coming. And so a lot of changes going to be happening in, uh, in, in kind of a weather pattern, you know, the way we really haven't seen in a very long time. And it's going to mean, uh, you know, those that come to your, to your, uh, you know, to your uh, gathering, it's, it's going to be a pretty interesting, uh, uh, look at this new weather pattern, what it might mean for agriculture production going forward, not only here, but also out in Europe and Asia. Right on. So. Well, it's, it's going to be an interesting talk. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Sean Hackett. Let's move smart, folks. Out. Axon Tire is going to have more tips, tricks, and client advice throughout the year and in September at the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville. If you're looking to sign up for the event, please head over to movingironllc.com. We hope to see you there. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransitinc.com for all of your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Moving higher in the 21st century.